Um, so I'll just, I'll just, can I just introduce myself as the, the guy who's been texting you? Oh. My name's Jacob. Good to meet everyone. Oh, this one just texted me. Fantastic. Me. Hope it's not Thank a bother. You. I love, wonderful. Jacob, thanks. Thanks for texting everybody. So, um, all right, well, let's get started. Hopefully, uh, we'll have Siyad Deshmaya. So, a few things to start off. Number one, this is, I think, pretty cool. I don't think this is something that's done, I don't know, anywhere else, maybe? A holy book club. Um, number two, we're open. This is, we're doing this as a chevra, as a chabura. Any advice, any aids that people want to, you know, throw in, how to make it run better. We're just beginning. Hopefully this will be something that we can continue doing week after week. And uh, it's for everybody. This is not This is not about me. This is not about a specific person. It's about Hevra working, learning together. And as we know that all learning is very important. Any type of learning. But sometimes there's, a, there's this Indian in the world that people think that if you're not learning from a safer, so it's not learning. English books that come on, that's not that's not learning. So those people are idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. Because learning is, is, is to be mechanic ourselves. There's so many ways to mechanic ourselves. And who cares what language it's in? Who cares what the the means, the mode is? It's a book, it's a it's a CD, it's something that you see outside. It doesn't matter. Whatever a person can learn from to connect himself to himself, to connect himself to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, it doesn't matter. It's all good if we're all growing. So really this book is, this is, this is a Sefer. This is Mamish. I don't think there's anything different than a Sefer. If it would be written in Hebrew, so then everybody would be like, wow, what a great Sefer. So it's written in English. They're like, oh, I don't know. It's a book. I don't know. Again, idiots. And I joke around when I say words like that. I mean it, but I'm also joking around at the same time. You know, to make the effect more powerful. But this is a safer of Midas. It's a safer of inner work. It's a safer of mindfulness and consciousness and transformative being. That's, that's what all every safer is. That's what we're trying to get to. To change our mindset. To make us better, more wholesome people. Happier people. Calmer people. People who see the world in a better way. And I'm thinking, we'll see as it goes on, hopefully Hevra will stay, maybe we can even get some more Hevra to join, is that each week, I think people should read whatever few pages it is that we're going to discuss on, on Tuesday nights. should read it beforehand. And then when we come on Tuesday nights, so there's, there's two ways we could do this, I think. Either, if it's very small, this is, we can have guys, each person reading a paragraph or two. People can make comments as they see fit. You know, understanding that that everybody wants to say and everybody wants to to listen, but not everybody has the same attention span, right? And we have to keep the comments to uh, pointed comments. That's when we could do it. Or, and I'm not saying uh, the second way is I think not the best way, but it could be that I could just read and I could read it like a sefer, like any other shir. If I give a shir Noam Melch Lukutim Iran, I could read this book. This book is so good. It could be read as a saver. I can make comments. Anybody could jump in at any time. But, so I can go either way. So I don't know how that's going to work. But there's no there's no right or wrong way. So let's just jump into it. Let's just jump into it. So we're going to open up. Open up your safer. 
page IX, and that's page 9 for those who went to uh, higher educated places. I think IX is 9, right? Yeah. So this is the introduction. So I'll read. I'll read first. If no one cares. Thanks. During a private audience, did everybody, everybody read these pages? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's 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 a lot of lines here that are very extre- they're extremely important. During a private audience with Lubavitcher Rebbe of Menachem Mendel Schneerson of Righteous Memory, a bureau chief for a national Jewish newspaper extolled his periodical. Our publication is independent and completely objective. By the way, does anybody hear these 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 things that are popping up on my screen? My daughter does stuff with the computer. I don't even know what she does. Okay. No, it's not coming through. Okay, it's not coming through, but it's bothering me. So now I just shut it off. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's still going on. Okay, I'll go upon him. The Rebbe responded pointedly. Again, I'm sorry. Our, our publication is independent and completely objective. The Rebbe responded pointedly. Independent, perhaps. Maybe you are independent thinkers. You're not. You have no agenda. But objective? There's no such thing. It is humanly impossible to be completely objective. The Rebbe said. It's humanly impossible to be completely objective. Every person has a bias of some kind. The word bias. It's a very deep, it's a very big word. So he explains, I understand the Rebbe's words to mean that while one can live without an agenda, meaning one can live without ulterior motives, pushing something, coming in with some way that he wants this to end, an end goal per se. You could live without that. But one cannot live without bias. Because what's bias? Bias through a mixture, mixture, a mix of nature, nurture and free will. The way we grow up, the way our parents are, the way our schools are, the way our community is, their opinions, their way of living. Through all of that, we each possess a certain lens, a way of seeing, that frames and forms the way we see ourselves, others, and the world around us. Everybody grows up in a different way, with different in- inner midos, without, with different external situations, and all of that makes a person think differently. It is simply not possible to erase all traces of our personality, because if you have a personality, it means you have, must have a bias of something. It doesn't mean bad. It doesn't mean prejudice. It doesn't mean you're against, but it means it's a way of thinking and a way of seeing that not everybody has. It's personal. It's based on your upbringing. It is simply not possible to erase all traces of our personality, past experiences, and deeply held beliefs from our observations, expressions, or actions, no matter how hard we may try. So our entire past history, each person, however old he is, every situation, every conversation, every school, teacher, parent, relative that you've ever discussed with, that you've had experiences with, the camps you went to, the schools you went to, all of it is built up into a person. That's his personality, that's his bias. And he sees life according to that unbelievable mixture that he has. It could be beautiful, but he has a certain way of thinking. Now let's read one more, two more lines here. This frame that we adopt, whether consciously or unconsciously, 
And for most of us, most of our lives has been unconscious. We've been downloading information, downloading information for the past 10, 20, 30, 37 years. The way all this deeply impacts the way that we perceive reality. He's saying an in Indian Kloli. There's Kloli and there's Prati. There's general and then there's specific. We have to understand the Klal. The Klal is that every human being, we're not talking specifics, in general, every human being has a way of thinking that is based on his own personal life and experiences. No two people can have the same exact way of thinking because no two people have had the same experiences of life. That is the first clown. A very important yesod. That's called a bias. And everybody says the Rebbe has that. Comments? Insights? Questions? If not, Chaim, you want to continue reading? Chaim Levine. Because sure. you're on top of my yeah, screen, Chaim, so you yeah. just happens to be... Oh. Wait, wait. How, the, the, how does the Rebbe... Judge, um, how does he judge objectively? How does he judge judge obje- objectively? Because he helped a lot of people. Uh, so, okay, so we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But the first step is knowing this concept called bias, and everybody has that. That's the first step. We do have to discuss how do we control our bias? How do we become more objective? The first step is to knowing that we have a bias. Right, that's the first step. Thank you. Let's see, I want to see everybody's English education here. Your parents uh, spend no. thousands of dollars. Okay, go. Okay, we're up to this matrix, right? The last paragraph on the page? Yeah. Okay. This matrix of understanding becomes our operating system, so to speak. The default mechanism through which we construe and contextualize, react and reinforce, interpret and identify every event and interaction we experience. So basically what you're saying, that this is the the only lens that we see everything through. And the way that we react to the world is based on this bias. So everybody has different triggers, right? Everybody has different triggers. We have macro triggers, micro triggers, all based on our personal bias. Based on this fact of subjectivity, the following questions arise. So, what are our biases? What are the default frames through which we see the world? How can they be adjusted to better serve ourselves and others? And if our biases inevitably color the way we interpret and experience the world, it follows that a primary focus of life should be to assess and reset our biases. Exactly is what you're asking. How did the Rebbe get to this? These are the questions you have to ask yourself. Now we went from the Chloe of we all have a bias to now Prati, well, what is my bias? To admit that I must be pushed and pulled in some way based on my past experience. Well, what is that? Now you have to think and you have to literally observe yourself. And once you see your biases and you come clean then now we could start working. But if a person doesn't admit to himself, he, he, is, he can't start. He'll just live unconsciously for the rest of his life. 
think it's just the the somebody who as great as as the Rebbe the the, the humility to, to have the humility to to just admit that you're you're filtering what comes in and just getting to that first step and and not saying that you're greater than than whatever everybody else and having you know interpreting things in your own personal way that just the humility to get into it is fantastic he was a real human being um okay in the penetrating words of the rebbe to an individual who was wont to complain about his life circumstances Rebbe said in our world everything is a mixture of good and bad human beings must choose which aspects they will emphasize contemplate and pursue how instructive is that which our sages tell us that Adam was an ingrate which even is, before he was yeah yeah ingrate in Kofi Tov he's Kofi Tov yeah not what, what, what's that really no, he was Kavoy Tov, that he didn't, um, he didn't appreciate what he had. That's what it means in great. I didn't know that. Yeah, Chazal said that uh, he complained about Chava. Pasuk says that, Adam says that, Baruch, the wife that you gave me. Chazal say, oh, he was Kavoy Tov. He didn't appreciate what he had. So that's what he means over here. Even before he was banished from the Garden of Eden, while living in a literal paradise, he complained about his circumstances. On the other hand, right, so that's Adam. On the other hand, there were Jewish men and women who thanked and blessed the Creator and recited the morning blessings while living through the most horrifying times in the German concentration camps. Ultimately, everyone's circumstances will be somewhere between these two extremes. My point in, in saying this is not to admonish you, it is simply to underscore the reality that the types of lives that we live, whether full of satisfaction and meaning, or the opposite, depends in large measure on our willpower, which dictates whether we will focus on the positive or on the negative. So this is it. We have, each of us have a rotsen, and if a person has a rotsen to live a happy life, and he'll focus everything on positive. Every single situation in life we're going to see, and he's going to bring it out through this book, and hopefully people have done that in their own lives. Every single situation in your life, you can see and define it as good or bad. Every situation. And we're going to go through, this book is going to go through hundreds of situations in life, in our own personal lives, and show us how we make these decisions. And then once we see that it's possible to be a bocher, to be to choose, to have bechira, right? First, we have to know that we have biases. Then we have to know that we can change our biases and we can choose how to perceive reality. That's going to be the greatest control of all. And we have that control. We do get to... You, ch- yeah. Well? Um, do you, so so to, to be able to have a perspective of looking at something is different than saying that your bias is how you see something in the first place. You're gonna, if you, is it true that if you change your bias to, to a positive one or your lens to a positive one, then it's it's how you see things that are different. It's not it's not then just working on it once it comes inside of you. And that's what we're talking about. There's going to be two levels. There's going to be at the beginning of our journey, we're not going to be masters yet. 
<clears throat> so there's going to be a lot of things that are going to come into us. We're going to see bad, feel bad, feel uneasy, but then say, no, no, no. I have to say, we're reading the book, positivity. I have to be positive. I have to find the positivity. I have to change it. And I have to work on it after taking the hit. But there's going to be a time or situations, but eventually the goal is where we don't even take the hit. We don't even see the Ra anymore. There's no Ra here. There's only Tov. You're only going to see the silver lining. You're not going to see the black. That's going to be the process. It takes time. But a person can change that. All right, Zach, why don't, question. why don't you continue? Great question. Who's taking over here? iPhone, Zach, let's go, buddy. Get in the game. All right. Stop raising Hello. money all day long and start reading the book. Yeah, exactly. The Shar, the Shar. Right. Shar Good Hashem. It's a great program. Let's go. Thank you. Uh, our perspectives are so powerful, they can lead us to find fault with paradise or to express gratitude, even while in a state of extreme suffering. Did you underline that paragraph a thousand times? Yeah, exactly. You take notes, all you guys. This paragraph, online a thousand times. Adam Rishon finds, he complains about paradise, and there are people who could find gra- express gratitude while extremely suffering. That's your choice. You have to believe that, that there's a choice in that. It's amazing. Carry on. Both, both sides, both extremes, and, uh, and and one chooses to go to the other side. So one to, to go towards gratitude, one one to show that the lack of gratitude. In, in, in both extreme situations, it's amazing. It happens that you don't choose. You don't choose Kafei Tov. You just are not conscious. If you would be able to choose in life, if you would have the Koach to choose, would you ever choose Ra? Moshe says, choose Tov. Choose the good. When you choose, when you have control, you'll always choose Tov. But when we're not choosers, when we're unconscious, when we're living lives of, of, uh, of just not being mindful, then we live the way the world lives, and then we see a lot of Ra. Wow. Right? That's what, that's what it is. Wow. It's true. It's true. We do see that. You don't never. Who would choose bad? No one chooses bad. The problem wow. is people are just not choosing. They're not. They're not bali bechira. Everybody thinks I'm a bali bechira. What do you mean? I could. I could choose to go here. I could choose to go there. That's not a bechira. Animals also could go this way or that way. Animals don't have das. They can't choose to see situations like we see. Well, like we see situations. That's the real bechira. It sounds like the uh, it sounds like the default is negative. Meaning, Adam didn't choose to to see things ra. Also, I mean, that must have been. I mean, the, what the default seems to be, unless you work on it, that you're going to see negativity. Correct, because there's a world of symptoms. It's a world of helam. The only way for him to create a world was for him to hide himself. We all know that. So, Mimele, you're starting in a world where he's hiding, which looks to the naked eye, bad. Even though, it's really silly because if a person would just go out on a regular sunny day, what does he see? Trees, sun, it's beautiful. But somehow, when one little tiny thing goes wrong, we turn the, our whole lives, oh my gosh, my life stinks. What? What? You just went outside and just enjoyed the, the nice air. You watched the trees, but then 
one little thing didn't go your way, you know, the coffee spilled a little bit on your shirt, and like you just are just bad, black, devastating. How'd that happen? There's a certain hiddenness. We don't even realize. We don't even realize our negative biases. We don't realize because we're so we live it. This is what we have to understand that when a person lives in a certain way, first he lives. You don't pay attention to your living. You live, right? As opposed to when there are rats in a cage and we want to know if the medicine's working. You have you have laboratory, you have scientists observing the way the rats are living. But the rats don't observe their own living. And the guys in the white coats are not observing their own lives. They're observing the rats. But what would be if a person could observe his own life? Right? What are the scientists trying to do? What's a psychologist trying to do to a patient? He's trying to observe the person from the outside from an objective point of view and help the person grow and see how he himself is thinking and living. But what if we could do that to ourselves? What if we could step outside of our biases and and analyze what's going on in our brains? Wouldn't we then see where we're making mistakes and then automatically say, I don't want to make that mistake. That's so silly. Let me change it. Let me choose good. But as long as you're just living and not paying attention to your life, then you can never make that choice. You can never make that change. So that's what I'm hoping through this book, one of the things we're going to realize, each person who reads it, and this is very gishmak to come together, but the main goal that I have for each person is to, that he reads the book himself, because since you have your own bias, and nobody can change that, I can't change it for you, all I can tell you is that you have a bias, read the book, and allow yourself to see yourself. So the main work is going to be when you are preparing for this Holy Book Club. And afterwards, when you settle down and you think about what we said, but in your own way of translating it. That's what we're saying here. Okay, let's keep going. Unless anybody else wants to comment. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty hard to do that. Well, it's to pretty... really observe yourself objectively, to be honest with yourself. First, it's hard to actually swallow the fact that we end up doing not, not the right thing all the, a lot of the times. And then having to change it. But also even just the first thing of just sitting down and being, looking at like my actions, the way I think, the way I react, all that stuff. Number one, number one, you're right. Because we're not trained in that. Because we're always running and moving and always moving, moving, moving. But he said, he said, Where you say he said that uh, it's the most important thing. It says uh, right. if our biases inevitably cloud the way we interpret and experience the world, it follows that a primary focus of life right. should be to assess and reset our biases. So, one of the ways that I'm going to, I'm not I, the one of the ways that we're going to be able to do that is by sitting down and reading this book that's giving you the space to start analyzing yourself. You're right. If we had no, if we had just, if there was no book. Empty time always gets filled up with something, whether Narishkite or something else. Hopefully Torah and Avoda, but usually Narishkite or something. But now that we have a book, we have a kvias 
that's going to help you set yourself and start analyzing yourself. And I want to make an observation is that you said, this is great. You said that, you know, it's hard to sit down and think about, you know, where we've gone wrong and the mistakes we've made. Yes. Who said anything about mistakes? Are we talking about mistakes here? You naturally went negative. What do you mean? I want to analyze my life in a good way. I want to see the tove in my life because when I'm living life, I'm also just missing tove. So I want to sit and analyze how many good things I have in life. Who says it has to be about a bad thing? Adaraba. This whole book is going to show us that the real cheshben and nefesh, the most growth-oriented cheshben and nefesh, is when we think about our positive traits, when we compliment ourselves. I don't want anybody using this right now. I mean, you can, but to think about negative and mistakes. We're, we're going positivity bias. We're trying to change the way the whole world thinks in mistakes and negativities. That's the way we went to school. That's the way that most people run. We have to change the system. I hope you're understanding. This is a very big Indian. I'm happy that you slipped into that because we all do. We always go That's negative. All I know, That's, That's all, all I know. know. So this is why we have to... So you'll see. One of the reasons why we don't stop to do Chesra Nefesh is because it's negative. And who would want to dis, who would want to think about negative things? My daughter's joining us. Right? So as long as, as a person is thinking about where am I wrong? Where, where, where can I work on myself? I, I don't really want to spend so much time doing that either because eh, I've tried that and the bed doesn't work. But we're not doing that right now. We're going to start looking at things in a positive light. Everything's positive. And I guarantee you'll grow more than you've ever grown before. Because oh. sunlight and, and water make a plant grow. Thunderstorms and earthquakes don't. So why are we always thinking in ways of thunderstorms and earthquakes? Why aren't we thinking in ways of nice, happy sun and rain? No? Yeah. Interesting thing. The human wow. brain. I, I always felt like a chashbin ha-nefesh type of thing was always like working at the negative. That's just what I always thought. I understand because that's the way of the Balamusser. And there is, there, is, there, is a po- there is a way to do it properly. But when a person doesn't know how to do it properly, when he's not confident with himself, when he's just, he doesn't know enough, it usually just becomes negative. And I'm not good enough. So if that, if your chashbin ha-nefesh is bringing you to that place then there's no point to it. The real Bali Muslim know, the real ones know, that you're supposed to come out of a Cheshwin Nefesh, Besimcha. If you're not coming out Besimcha, then you're not doing Muslim right. So Muslim, we're not so good at that. So let's just go into, into our way of doing it. Positivity bias. That's where we're going to go. So this is just for the, so this is just for the quality of life purposes, or this is like our avoid in this world? This is going to be everything. This is going to be the... You know what the, I mean is like, what I mean is a guy going through, uh, a person going through the concentration camps. So he could either, on, on some level, try to find positivity in that situation because that's, that's, that's his form of survival. I mean, he's not doing it because he genuinely wants to work on a positive outlook. It's more like, how can I get through this in the most... I go to prison for the next 50 years. Nachas shall not me, but if someone has a life sentence, so, you know... I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I want to do this positivity bias thing just so I can survive better. Not necessarily because I want to do this avoid in this world. 
So you're good. There's there's two levels. I'm, I'm asking: is the goal of this to which is it's to survive, or the goal is to actually do something meaningful? That's why I'm curious. I mean, it's high new Like it seems like the Rebbe, it seems like like the author of this book is writing how the Rebbe had to overcome such hard obstacles in life, and therefore he chose this method. That's what I took out of it. Yes, I don't. I don't see it like that. I, a, of course, just to live this world with the positivity bias, whether you're a goy or a Jew, that's a better right. life. It's a better life. But right. as a from Jew who's a mammon, really positivity bias all comes from Moon and Bitochen. It always comes because there's a Rebbeinu Shalom in the world who's running everything Latov, and when that becomes your real anchor, everything becomes a Vodas Hashem. That's really that's the really the way we want to see this. The Rebbe didn't just c- come up with it because it's it's a, it's a happier way. No, it's because there's a Boreolam and he had a real strong Amuna, as we'll see in the Sefer. That's going to be the that's going to so, be the ultimate goal. No, because it's it's it just I'm just being I'm being a little negative right now, but I'm just saying that like it seems like um, like uh, it could it, you could do this positivity bias as an intellectual concept also, and not necessarily feel it. Meaning, if a person's in a bad situation, a person could just say, oh, it's really good because of X, Y, and Z. But that's just like an intellectual... Uh... But Naftali, the proof's in the pudding. Lamaisa, are you feeling better or are you not? If you're right. feeling that's better, if you're feeling better, then it's working and then that's fine. That's good. Then you're a happier person, then you're a, a better husband and you're a better father and you're just a better human being. Right. Probably I a better Jew also. But I'm saying like a Meaning you could calm yourself down with the intellectual concept. Fine. Actually, so what? Actually, that's also good. But the goal, of course, is not, not the goal. The goal is to continue going. So it's really emotional and it's a whole world view, a perspective. But yeah, right. that might be the beginning. Well, like when, when the Rebbe gave his, when the Rebbe like answered people with his positive answers, like, like perhaps he was just pointing out intellectually why it's actually good. Perhaps like he didn't even feel it, you know? And that'll be your perspective and your bias, how you want to see that. <laughs> right. Okay, who, right. who was reading over here? Yeah, I was reading. This is really beautiful. Let's um, continue growing a beautiful garden. Amazing, amen. Okay, let's read. Go for one more paragraph over here. In a rare personal disclosure to one of his chassidim and a trusted confidant, Rabbi Beryl Eunuch, the... Rebbe once alluded to his focus on seeing things positively as stemming from his harrowing past, saying, I worked on myself to always look at things in a positive light. Otherwise, I could not have survived. So this is where that's all you're coming from. I, of course, I understand. Right. But the Rebbe was coming from 100% Amuna. There's no, there's no way, not that way. But he had to work on it because he had to work on his Amuna. Because he came through such devastation. And he even... Saved himself. He wasn't in the actual war. He was hiding during the war. All right, Yaakov, let's go. Jacob, sorry. My name is Yaakov. Oh, sorry. Um, This deceptively simple statement encapsulates the basic premise of this book, namely that living a life of positivity is a matter of choice, not circumstance, and derives from perspective, not personality. That's, it is not that's a huge, huge underline. Living a life of positivity is a matter of choice. Bechira, not circumstance. You could be in the concentration camps, Besimcha, and you could be in Gan Eden complaining. 
So and, big. I guess Machai Mesa, your name's not Tali? Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I had the same question. I had the same question. Just, just add on. Okay. It's not the events of our lives that shape us, but the meanings we assign to those events. In other words, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Bam. Triple underline. Huge. Triple it up. You could change the world based on your vision, the way you see things. It's the, it's, you want to talk about mind bending? This is the greatest magic trick of all time. It's crazy. Ultimately, the greatest testing ground for any theory is the laboratory of life. And that is what makes this book on positivity different from any. For if, as the saying goes, history is philosophy, teaching through examples, this book teaches the philosophy of positivity, a way of a living example, demonstrating how the Rebbe interacted with real people reacting in real time to real life situations. It's important to note that the redemptive perspectives presented in this book are not those of a man who lived a life of peace and privilege. They are the insights of a man who lived through waves of pogroms, the killing fields of World War I, a typhus epidemic, a refugee crisis, persecution and forced exile of his father, whom he never saw again, the Bolshevik Revolution, the rise of communism, World War II, the brutal murder of his brother, grandmother, and numerous other relatives in the hands of the Nazis, and a life of childlessness. So he says here, the redemptive perspective. Hmm. We all want to be redeemed. We all want to get out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is Mitzorim, is a narrow. The Bein HaMitzorim, we're stuck in a narrowness. That's when a person doesn't choose his perceptions. He just goes with what the, what the world says. But a person who sees that he has biases and he can make choices in how he sees things, he can see the positivity even when everybody else sees black. He's considered a goel. He's in Geula. He's literally living in redemption. And that's how the Rebbe always lived. And that's how he was able to be Mechazic people. Everybody. Naftali, why don't you take us home? They are the teachings of a man who personally absorbed and carried the crushing pain of hundreds of thousands of individuals who sought him out for healing, comfort, love, acceptance, help, and sometimes simply a reason to live. And finally, they are the working principles of a man who made an active choice to consciously curate a philosophy and habit of thought, speech, and action firmly rooted in 3,000 years of Jewish wisdom, understanding and knowledge that all, I don't even know how to pronounce that word, coalesce into what we refer to in this book as the Rebbe's positivity bias. Once pointed out, the Rebbe's positivity bias is impossible to miss. As the hundreds of stories, letters, anecdotes, and vignettes uh, in the following pages bring to life the Rebbe's positivity bias, illuminated every corner of thoughts, every nuance of speech, and infused his every action, reaction, and interaction with the power of positive living. We're going to see the Rebbe didn't have to think how to respond. He just, his process of thinking changed. The beginning, we have to think, how can I see good? How can I respond? That's okay. Eventually, it's just the processing chip in the brain only processes good. You don't have to ask yourself, how do I see the good? I only, I only see good. That takes time. It takes effort. It feels. But it's based on, you will we'll see, Jewish wisdom, understanding and knowledge. It's going to be based on Muna, not just 
because it's a better way to live logically. It's going to be based on a whole system. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Ultimately, however, this book was not written to tell the story of one man's courageous effort to design a life of positivity despite the dark and difficult times in which he lived, nor does it seek to detail how he inspired a global task force of dedicated lamplighters to share his message of positivity and providence with every person they encounter along their path. Instead, this book aims to provide you, dear reader, with the principles and practices, wisdom and tools, insights and inspiration that will empower you to personalize, internalize, and actualize your very own positive bias. Each chapter, each story, and each teaching contained within these pages is about another key to access your higher vision and to open your eyes to a better and brighter world. Such a great introduction. Mendel Tomlinson. Such a great introduction. And that's awesome. our and that's our goal to enter into this book that it enters into us. That we download a new processing chip in the way we see world and see our events, see every moment of our life. But he, he's saying that it already exists. He's saying it's the, the key to access your higher vision, meaning that vision already exists within you. So it's interesting because in the beginning he says default we see negative. But he's saying we really have higher vision, we just didn't access it yet. The way that you would say it is that we have multiple parts are in Neshama. Nefesh, Ruch, Neshama, Chayi, And we live all of them at the right. same time. But the way that most people live is on the weight level of Nefesh. So you see a world for the way it is. But there's a higher way that's already within us called the Ruach and the Neshama. If a person could see life from the eyes of his Neshama, right? Imagine. Nefesh is seeing the world in the eyes of the, the body. Something's hurt me. Some things are annoying. I have expectations. I have wants and desires. I'm not always getting them. It's bad. That's the way of seeing from the nefesh. But if you would just start seeing life from the eyes of the neshama, which we already have inside of us, is there any bad to the neshama? There's no such thing. But we need to somehow get into that way of seeing. And the way in is going to be through thinking, but this book is going to guide us to start allowing ourselves to first notice that we have a neshama, we have a different way that we perceive, and we're not bound by anybody else's bias, and we can see with the eyes of the neshama. Very empowering. It's deep. Very empowering. Is This is exactly what it is. This is going to give us the greatest control of life. Everybody sees darkness, but I see light. That's Rabbi Kiva. That Sadiqim saw the Khurban. They saw the destruction and Rebbe Kiva's laughing because he only saw rebuilding. He only saw Mashiach. He was living in the ruins of the base of Mikdash. And yet, he only sees light. He only sees hope. He only sees the eventual rebuilding of the base of Mikdash. Rebbe Kiva is the source of this book. Wow, what an appropriate time to start this book uh, during the nine days. 100%. 100%. Okay, Gavaldik. So I hope this so was. Is uh, there, yeah. Is there uh, what's called? Is there uh, is there it, with this higher vision? Is there a place to ever be sad? Is there a place to ever be hopeless? Is there is there a place to ever like mourn or like feel destruct? Like with that higher vision, is there ever an appropriate space to to to, to be sad? Or that's like how does that work? Yeah, yeah. There is. It's just that it has to, it has to be defined properly person passes on from the world that's sad I'm not upset 
at Hashem. I'm not upset at the world. I'm not angry. I'm sad that my friend is not here anymore. That's sad. But there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with being sad. I'm not upset at the situation. It's positive. He's in a better place. And you know what? Maybe I can grow also. But so so, it is sad that we're not sitting together anymore. But it's not just a person. It's not out of hope, hopelessness. No, 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 there's no hopelessness. That's usher. That's yish. We don't we don't speak like that. I'm telling you, you have to become a breast lover. I didn't, and, I didn't mean to use the word hopeless. And atzvus depression is also not good, but sad is is a totally appropriate. Hashem wants us to mourn. We have hilchas avelis, but that's not out of depression. That's not out of hopelessness. It's going to actually help us live more proper with emotions, maximize the positive, the positivity and the joy, and live properly and live in a way of growth through hard times. Just we're not going to live negative. If you live negative, you're growing. You're not growing at all. All you want to do is just get away from this situation. With the proper eyes, we can take a hard time, an objectively hard time, and actually grow from it through seeing the positivity in it, through the elokus, through the amuna, through it. So um, there's what to think about. There's what to think about. So I'm. I'm I think that uh, I see over here, chapter one. See, it, the only thing is, if we're going to read every word on the page, I, I'm just throwing out, I don't know, it might take a while. I mean, we moved pretty fast, which is good. Chapter one's already longer. We're not in any rush, necessarily. But, um, I don't know. I just want to be able to keep it at a good pace, not get bogged down, but not go too fast where we miss anything. So, definitely everybody should read chapter one. And I guess we'll see next week, maybe, how... Uh, how we go about it? Any uh, any comments? Uh, you can talk to uh, Yaakov. You can talk to me. Any questions you have specifically? We could always discuss. Anybody? Uh, could you? Yeah, I have a question. When it comes to to reading and internalizing and, and thinking deeply, without like you know, getting a nice line and then turning the page. I'm just uh, if you could. I guess clue me and I guess on how you do it and maybe that would be helpful. I just I read slow. I think about the line that I'm reading. How many of us have read an entire page of a book and then at the bottom of the line at the bottom of the page you're like, How did I get here? It's like Shimonesra, you know? Everybody's done that. So sit in a time where you have time to focus and think, because this is a safer. This is not a biography, it's not a, a soft read. We're, when you're learning you're, you're, when you're reading, you're reading to learn. You're reading to educate yourself. So if you're educating yourself, you have to read, you have to know what you're reading, you have to read slow. You have to ask questions, maybe comments, but just go slow and with focus. Not when kids are running around. Again, it's like a safer. Make it make it a hectic, right? When you, when you make something holy, is that you have to separate the animal from the flock. When, uh, when the Kohen Gadol is, is he's the Kadosh, he's because he's separate from the people. So when you're learning, you have to be maktish yourself to that Zman of learning, to that Sefer you're learning. This is no different. And this might be the most important, really, the thing you can learn because the more properly we set ourselves positively, everything in life will change for the better. Everything. 
It's the Kloli of all Kloli. So, just no no tricks. Just going through it slowly, I think. Also, I mean, it happens to be, I'll just tell you, I mean, because of, you know, my training, I guess, in Gemara and in Svarim and giving over Shiurim, so I just, I just analyze things. I just think and I question things. I don't just take it for granted. I don't know. I write notes on the side. I wrote a lot of notes on the side. Whatever. For another time. Okay, any other comments or uh, suggestions? No? Okay, so Mitzvah Shem So guys should read the, the first chapter. I, I think I, I recorded this. If nobody minds, does anybody mind?